Welcome to And Justice for All, the official podcast of Roosevelt University, exploring the relationship between education and justice, and the transformative power of inclusive education. Hosted by Roosevelt University President Ali Malekzadeh. I talked recently with Alex Fruin, a graduating senior in Roosevelt's Chicago College of Performing Arts. And like the immortal James Brown, Alex might be the new hardest working man in show business. Very few students immerse themselves in the university experience, as Alex has, and very few have enjoyed the success he's had. Hear what he has to say about hard work, compassion, and kindness and the fact that we must be present to win. Well, good morning, Alan. Good morning. And let's hear about your life. Okay, I'll just dive in. Please. Um, (laughs) So I grew up in Matawan, Michigan. It's about 20 minutes outside of Kalamazoo on a 30-acre vineyard. My dad grew grapes, and it's kind of family lineage. My uncle grows grapes. My grandpa grows grapes. And so it's sort of been a part of who I am growing up on a farm and everything. And um, I started taking voice lessons in... Before you get to that, why aren't we having this conversation in the vineyard then? Well, it is certainly a beautiful setting that we should do that sometime. Actually, that would be really fun. Sorry, go ahead. So I started out in band, and I played... I was in band all seven years, uh, middle school and high school, and then I started singing in high school and taking voice lessons. And through my high school voice teacher is actually how I found Roosevelt, because he went to college with my current teacher, Mark Creighton. Uh And so he connected me with Mark, and I started taking lessons from Mark the summer between my sophomore and junior year of high school. I'd come twice a month for almost two and a half years before I ended up coming here. And so I auditioned for the voice program and got in, and that's ultimately how I got here. Great start. And, you know, that mentoring that you're talking about, especially with Professor Creighton, has been phenomenal for us. Yes, yes. And I'm sure it changed your life as well. Yes, absolutely. Well, I think I'll just dive in on this, too. The mentoring that I've had at Roosevelt with Professor Creighton, but also with Professor Fogel, Mm -hmm. um, former Dean Fogel, uh, has fundamentally, as you said, changed my life. It has changed the direction of my life, and I attribute that to my time here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you, as a young man, you have many firsts in your life. Yes. First in your family to go to college, Mm -hmm. graduate from college, Mm -hmm. first to enroll in the honors, Bachelor of Music Arts program, inaugural member of the Obama Foundation's Community Leadership Corps. So, how does that feel? Well, (laughs) you know, it feels incredible. It's a lot of really hard work, but I will say that it is something that I'm really proud of. I, I, I have to say I didn't really picture myself going to college, and to think of all the things I've been able to do here, is, is really 
fulfilling for me. Okay. But it's a lot of it's a lot of work, and that's why I love it so much is being able to dive into the work and connect with people that are different from me, and learn from other people. And you know, through all the experiences I've had, it shaped who I am as a person. And I, I don't often think about them at f as firsts, but over the past few weeks reflecting as I'm getting ready to graduate, it is sort of a lot to take in to think about all this, but. Well, first of all, congratulations Thank for you. all of that. The Thank other you. part is, are you alleging that becoming an artist is a lot of hard work? <laughs> is that I, what you're saying? I am, <laughs> I am saying that actually, believe it or not. It takes a lot of practice, If like becoming a singer is a lot of practice, but. I'm going into arts administration as well, and right. that is a lot of work as well. Any type of nonprofit work because you're you're learning about every aspect of what it means to be an artist and what it means to manage the businesses that create opportunities for for artists. Okay. Yeah. See, the, there was a time that I talked to a student athlete mm -hmm. and who played at the NCAA, NCAA level mm -hmm. and so forth. And all of them uh, painted a picture of a day in my life mm -hmm. that was just out of this world mm -hmm. for ordinary people to even think about. And then were succeeding in college, in athletics, and so forth. Paint me a picture of your day, <laughs> a typical day, if you will, uh, of that. A little bit of hard work that goes into becoming an artist. Sure. Talk, talk to me about that. Sure. Well, I will say that every day of the week is different from one another because our mm -hmm. class schedule is different and, and then I, I work two jobs outside of school and, and that sort of changes everything. But I will say that it starts fairly early in the morning with making a to-do list and sort of mm -hmm. grounding myself in what I need to complete today. I'll ask myself, okay, what do I need to do in order to be a success today? And so uh, oftentimes that'll start with an 8 a.m. class and like this semester I'm taking conducting that starts at 8 a.m. 8 a.m. 8 a.m. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yes. my last semester, 8 a.m. <laughs> but it's one of my favorite classes, so I love uh -huh. it a lot. And then, and then after that I'll usually get breakfast, a quick breakfast, and then I dive into any kind of work that I need to complete before I go on to my next class, which uh, sometimes, like on Wednesdays are voice lessons, and, and then we have ensembles and chorus, and then between all of this I'm you know, working through emails and finding time to head to the practice rooms and get some practice in because I still got to keep up my voice in shape for for choir and uh, and then um, it, it it's also the like finding time to just be a person and and I have incredible friends here that provide so much support through throughout the day and. It's really, really kind of nuts sometimes to think about how busy, how busy it is. But I love the work that I'm doing, so it's worth it. Okay. And then as you approach the evening, walk me through that. Yeah, okay. Well, that's fair. I do try to be home by 5.30. I, I have the luxury of not having any afternoon or evening classes. So I try to like be home for dinner at 5.30. And then after I eat, I usually spend time doing any kind of homework. Um, this semester, I'm working on a th major thesis, which I think we'll talk about. Yeah. But uh, So that's often when my writing gets done, is in the evening, as well as any kind of biology homework that I have and some score study for the music I'm working on. And then, hopefully, I'll have time to hang out with friends, 
um, usually the weekends, the, the opportunity to do social that. life. Social yes. life, yes. And I do have a social life. <laughs> Good. Some people I'm think I don't, but I do. Yes. Glad to hear it. Now you mentioned a thesis. Yes. Why would an aspiring artist? Why would you have to write a thesis? Well. Uh, this is a really good question. And as I'm a, an aspiring arts administrator, it's yeah. so important to understand the world that we're entering in terms of management. And so through my thesis, I've been able to delve into something that's personally interesting to me, which is strategic planning for arts organizations. Right. And I've been able to synthesize what I'm working on, what I worked on through the Obama Foundation in terms of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and incorporate that into uh, strategic planning. That's what my whole thesis focuses on. But it's important for people to do this kind of research because that's how we generate new knowledge for ourselves and for our community. And so I think this has been one of the greatest experiences that I've had in college because it's made me a better person, but it's helped me feel like I'm producing something that will benefit more than just me. Right. And it's an honors thesis, so yes. you know, that makes it very valuable to you and your colleagues as yes. well. Yes. Okay. Talk to me a little bit about last summer. Uh, when you had a Yamaha Fellowship at the University of Rochester Eastman Summer Program. Talk to me about that. Yeah. How did that go? That, has, that was one of my highlights of my uh -huh. career because what, we, what it was is uh, it was a collection. Of, there was about 30 students from colleges all over the country, okay. and we met in Rochester at the Eastman School and spent four days talking about key issues in the arts administration field and how we can be positive aspects of solving those issues. And so to meet with people who are interested in, in the same thing I'm interested in and like talk at a really deep level about these issues was one of the most energizing things I've done. And to do so in Rochester during the Rochester Jazz Festival was just a blast. And I felt it sort of opened my eyes up to what happens in other communities outside of Roosevelt, other colleges, and, and to bring that back into what I'm doing wow. here. It was such a fun time. And you made friends in that program, yes. I'm sure, that now you have a network yes. of similar students in their career that you can talk yes. to. And absolutely. Well, and, and you're absolutely right. So I made a lot of friends that I connected with. I went, you know, I was in L.A. over uh, Christmas break, so I, I connected with a friend that I met through that program there. I stay in contact regularly with a lot of the people. But the other thing, too, were the, peop the speakers being able to make connections with the leaders of the arts field mm -hmm. currently there was a really wonderful experience. So connections are everything. So as you think about your career going forward, yeah. you know, obviously the voice combined with arts management, what are you contemplating happening once you graduate? Well, I, I'm, I'm sort of on the job market right now, uh -huh. and I'm really interested in, as I said, arts management. And, and, and the way that the voice emphasis kind of plays into that is through singing we really learn how to be able to be present on stage or in front of people and be comfortable being in front of people and I think that's so beneficial in any kind of management capacity but also having that artistic background that that you get through the voice program is really, really useful in the arts management field because I'm able to have conversations with people about what sonata form is or who Beethoven was. 
And that really is beneficial for a lot of the arts patrons that want to have those types of conversations. And it's important for managers to be able to do that. So looking at where I'm going, I would love to be in management of an orchestra or a theater or a music festival. And I feel like the experiences I've had here have cultivated me in a way that is marketable for that, that sort of realm. Yeah, that's terrific. Now, what is your uh, advice to the incoming class at Chicago College of Performing Arts so people can be as successful as you have been? Well, thank you. Um, I have two pieces of advice. Mm -hmm. One, take advantage of every opportunity that is presented because you will learn so much from every opportunity mm -hmm. and you will meet people that you never thought you would meet. So one of the things I tried to do was get the most out of my experience. I'm here, what we can do is just dive in and, and take advantage of every opportunity. The other piece of advice I would have is to be patient. To be patient with yourself and to be patient with the people around you. But there's a difference between being patient and not creating action. You can be patient and still be driven and action oriented. I think for me, patience means if something doesn't work out today, I'm going to try again tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And so for me, patience and, and, and taking advantage of every opportunity kind of go in hand in hand because it's about finding the right opportunity and it's about finding the right time for yourself to delve into those opportunities yeah. and patience plays a big part. And it sounds also that perseverance plays a game. Well, absolutely. In the success that you have had. Yes. As you persevered, hey, something didn't go well the first time. Now I'm going to do it again and absolutely. again and make sure that it works out. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It's about making, like, making things stick. And sometimes they're not going to stick. But if you have that drive and perseverance, right. that's successes on the horizon. You're listening to And Justice For All, the official podcast of Roosevelt University. So is there a scholarship in this university that you haven't won yet? And can we work on that in the last month or so of you being here? Well, I want to specifically yes. talk about Presser Foundation on their graduate scholarship Yes, that funded your senior year. Mm -hmm. Congratulations Thank on you. that. Thank you very much. And then how did that impact your last year here? Well, it was totally unexpected. Uh -huh. And um, when I got the email that I had been awarded, I, w I, I was just blown away. Because the reality is finances play a part in what we do. That, that is the reality. So to be able to have that freedom to not have to worry about making my tuition payment, which is right. a real concern sometimes, that type of scholarship allowed me to delve deeper into my research and into my schoolwork because I wasn't having to stress about where my loan was coming from. Right. Okay. It was a huge, huge blessing. Right. Well, as you were finishing your academic year, obviously this year you've been involved intimately with reconsidering Matthew Shepard's yes. residency program. Yes. Talk to me about that program. <sighs> It was, again, one of the most incredible and one of the most challenging things mm -hmm. I've done here. Um, the story of Matthew Shepard, I myself am a gay man, and so to have to face this tragedy head on was emotionally exhausting. Yeah. But it also made me 
think deeper about who I am as a person and how I'm contributing to the growth of our community and to, to justice for everyone. And so what we did in the Matthew Shepard is we presented the concert, but as a part of that, we had a, a series of panel discussions that facilitated this deeper thinking about who Matthew Shepard was and what his death meant for the broader United States community yeah. and learning yeah. about hate crimes. Mm -hmm. I feel like I am a more compassionate individual because of that experience. Yeah. Because we don't know what's going on inside other people's heads. And as a result, all we can do is be kind to one another. And through this experience, by the way, I will say it was emotionally exhausting for everybody. So tensions could be high. But the one thing that I saw throughout the whole rehearsal process was the kindness that every other one of my colleagues had for each other. And that made this difficult time possible, and it made the whole program a success. Yeah. See, uh, from my perspective, it was incredibly emotional to be in the audience and yes. watching the 40 of you, 35 yes. of you perform yes. in an amazing way, as well as the panels in the discussion. Many of us remember that day when this tragedy happened to Matthew. Uh, but uh, having a program like this reminds the younger generation of how we can fight hatred and not forget yes. what has happened. And then, of course, we always use arts and performing arts as a way of fighting yes. all the isms of the world. Yes. Well, it's interesting that you bring that, the memory up, because I don't remember it. I was so, I was three when it happened. Yeah. But when I came out, the first thing my mom and dad thought about was Matthew Shepard. I didn't learn about that until about two years after I came out, when mm -hmm. we started talking about all that other, the, the hate crimes that were going on. But a, what my mom and dad later told me was, when I first came out, a conversation they had was about Matthew Shepard and a fear that I was going to have the same thing happen to me. And so this experience to, to explore what that meant for other people was really emotional for me, but it was also emotional for other people and brought the conversation back to the forefront. Because, you know, shame on me, I hadn't thought a lot about Matthew Shepard before this time. I knew what had happened, but this inspired me to be a more compassionate person, as I said, and it inspired a deeper sense of conversation between me and my parents. And I think that a lot of people in the audience would feel the same way, that it inspired a lot of thinking and reflecting about themselves and conversations with people in their community about it. And that's what art is all about. Yeah, and their family members as well. Yes, yes. Who are members of the community. Absolutely. And um, now, how are we treating them? Yes, and so yes, forth. and there's still work to be done. Oh, yeah, and, and, yeah. of course. And that's what this of is course. all about. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, regarding community discussion, yes. uh, how has the Roosevelt community embraced you as a student, as an artist, and, and for, you know, Alex Fruin, who you are? Talk to me about that. Well, I think when I came into Roosevelt, I was coming in for my voice teacher. I didn't have a deep understanding of what the overall community was yet. And I was pleasantly surprised at how accepting every single person was from the top down. 
And in fact, I remember when I moved in, you you were there and we got to shake hands and you gave me your business card and you said, I'm new too, so this is great. <laughs> um, and that just goes to show how welcoming everyone was. And so throughout all four years, I've been embraced and welcomed and accepted for who I am as an artist, as a person, and as a gay man. I've never felt unsafe and I've never felt threatened. And I think that is something that speaks so highly of the school. And as again, as I've been reflecting these past few weeks on this topic, I feel really lucky that I found that here because I think that sometimes that's not the case everywhere. Again, we still have a lot to, of work to do as communities right. throughout the country. And so I wonder, had I gone somewhere else, would that have been the case? And I think the answer is no. It was a pleasant surprise and it has shaped what I have done here. I am a more compassionate person because of it. Well, that's great to hear. I mean, obviously, the legacy of this university is inclusion and diversity yes. and understanding, and everybody gets admitted who qualifies yes. to be admitted, not based on race and gender and you know uh, their identity. So I'm glad to hear that. Yes. You know, part of it is when I have discussion with students. Uh, they often tell me within a short conversation uh, how sometimes they get harassed out in the L, coming in, in the community, et cetera, et cetera, which is really unfortunate. But what we try to do, all of us inside the Roosevelt community, is to make it safe for all of you and all of us inside our yes. building, inside our community. Yes. And I hope that's how you felt. Well, it absolutely is, and, and well put, because... Sometimes I have been harassed out on the street mm -hmm. before. And to know that I was able to then come to a school community where I didn't have to worry about that, wow. sort of, I was able to be at peace while I was here. And that sort of translates out into what I want to put out into the community as well. Because since a safe space was created here for me, I want to be able to create a safe space for other people wherever I go. Right. And that, that is one of the greatest things that I take away from, from Roosevelt. Yeah, that's wonderful, and congratulations again. You. So, you know, fast forward five years, 10 years from now, uh, I'm gonna come to your office. Yes. All right, and says director or CEO <laughs> Alex Fruin, Roosevelt University yes. graduate, all of that, obviously. And you thought you paid a lot for your tuition with, with all these scholarships. Of course, you didn't. <laughs> so I'm going to be there to collect. Yes, absolutely. Uh, that's, that's welcome. All that's right, but fair. tell me who that person is. Who is that Alex 10 years from now, 15 years from now? Well, from a personal standpoint, I think that Alex is a, is a leader that welcomes people where they are mm -hmm. and engages people where they are as opposed to trying to push people in, into different directions or whatever. I think we have a responsibility as leaders to, to engage people in the place that they are in their lives and to work with people and build programs with communities as opposed to building programs for communities. So I do hope that I'm in a, a management position, a CEO position of an orchestra 10, for 10 or 15 years from now. And in that position, I want to be working to create a more innovative, welcoming, and collaborative environment. Because it is my belief that orchestra and cultural organizations have to be at the, in as a fabric of the community. Not just, you know, presenting art for art's sake, but 
working with the community to develop art that is meaningful for every human. So if I'm at the in that chair and you're coming to ask for money from me, I'm ready for it, <laughs> I'm excited for that. I want you to be able to step in the office and say this is a person who cares about the people that are around him and who's working to build a community with the people that are around him. And so that's, that's the goal. Well, that's wonderful to hear. And uh, I will ask you one other favor, and that is at that time, five years out, 10 years out, you need to be mentoring one of our undergraduate students, perhaps in CCPA, so that they you know, follow your footsteps yeah. and your success. Well, I think that's a great request, and I hope you hold me to it, because I, that's something I'm interested in. Because, I, again, as I say, I am where I am because of the mentorship I had here. So if I have the ability to pass that on and, and sort of give back, I'm ready to do that, and I'm excited okay. to do that. And that business card that I gave you on your yes. freshman year, yes. it's going to become handy yes. when I come and visit you okay. again. Well, Alex, I am so glad that you joined me today to well, have this conversation. You. And again, tell your family they shouldn't be shocked when you walk uh, during graduation and extend your hand to get your diploma that I pull it back. Okay, I'll and tell And say them. we're going to keep Alex for another year or two because we were so thrilled to have you here. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. I, right. I'm so excited to be here and thank you for everything. Right. Thank you. And Justice for All is produced by Roosevelt University and is available at roosevelt.edu or anywhere you get your podcasts. The music for And Justice for All is written and produced by Jesse Case. Thanks for listening.